0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, today I want to talk to you more about um, God restoring things. And there's, there is more for us if we want it. There is more for us if we want it. And we're going to have to trust God for that. We're going to have to step out. You know, there, there are various ways God ministers to us. And... Um, I want to talk about spiritual things today, and because I, I believe God's going to be restoring that in a major way. But let me just back up here. You know, um, one thing we need in our churches is so a solid foundation in the Word. And I believe that there are a lot of churches that do have that. And uh, we try to make sure everybody has a solid foundation. We've got a little uh, foundation class coming up this week. If you want to be in part of that, it's going to be uh, Thursday mornings. Uh, um, You can join us by Zoom, but you just need to text me or John Anthony will help or I'll um, help help you get connected with that. But or or if you're on Facebook, you can just do a little message there and uh, we'll connect you with that. But I just want to encourage you in that because I believe that there's there's something very important about getting that word foundation. Now, uh, we're generally comfortable with that. Again, some people go away from the word, you know, they pull away from that word. But what God's called us to do essentially is get the word of God as a foundation in our life. And then we've got a lot of practical things in the word of God. Like there's so many practical things. Um, And these practical things, I could go anywhere and teach them. I could teach into a secular class and they would go, oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. And this in the Bible. Like work hard if you want to do well, like be disciplined if you want to do well. Right. I mean, there's so many little practical things like that. And um, are they spiritual? Yeah, I'd call them spiritual, but they're also very practical. And then we've got other things that are in the word of God that um, I would not call them practical. You have to have faith to believe them. So uh, one example would be um, be a giver and and you're going to be even more blessed. You see, because it takes faith to live that out, right? Give and you shall receive. Well, you say, well, I don't believe. Well, most of the people that don't believe that is the faith thing. It takes faith to believe that because it doesn't make sense to the mind. The mind just is all self-preservation. And God says, now, when we start to talk about faith things, we're talking about things that you're going to have to trust me in and step out contrary to what your mind might tell you, because a lot of faith things are contrary to just natural Practical things—they—they they may look contrary. Um, it doesn't seem, for example, you know, you remember Peter stepped out on that water. That was not practical in any way, but that was something that his faith walk led him into. And you see, your faith walk will lead you to places that you can't go with only a practical mindset. And that's so needed today. We need to begin to recognize that serving God, yes, it's about the word. It's about good doctrine. And yes, it's about a lot of practical things you can do, but we've got to be willing to go beyond that and understand about the faith walk. God wants to restore that understanding of the faith walk that will tell you and nudge you to do something that maybe your mind would go, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Your heart might go, oh, no, I don't want to do that. But you know the Holy Spirit is leading you in that direction. You know the Word of God somehow is coming to you and pushing you in that direction. You see, that's the time when you need to begin to... let faith build up on the inside of you, then you have to make a decision to walk in faith and not doubt. And faith is not arbitrary. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. So when God begins to nudge you to go in a certain direction, that's the word of God coming to you. The word of God can come by when you're in the word of God and you're studying and and the, the truth pops out to you. You might have a certain need in your life, You go to the Word of God, and you go where the promises are, and you begin to study those, and guess what happens? Faith begins to stir up, but then you've got to be willing to step out in faith. Remember the Word of God says, faith requires an action, faith without deeds is dead. You see, we can try to build up our faith, but if we listen to our fears, we listen to our doubts, and and we're paying attention to them, we'll never experience the blessings that the path of faith will bring us to the path of faith is always contrary to your fears. It's always contrary to your doubts. It's almost always contrary to your flesh. It's bringing you somewhere you could not have gone without it. And I just love that. I love the, I love the life of faith. I love the ministry of faith. I don't enjoy always walking in it when I'm first stepping in it. But after I get there, it's fun. After you begin to walk the faith life, you begin to step out and you see God's there. You begin to get more used to it. Some of your flesh has been screaming, oh, don't do this. But as you begin to take those steps, that flesh begins to fall off. Your faith gets more confident. You get stronger in your walk. Man, your faith begins to then flourish. You see, faith doesn't always flourish flourish at the beginning many times faith begins to grow as you begin to walk in it you take the little bit that you have and you begin to you begin to step out on that and it begins to grow and get bigger and bigger and you're stepping out into greater and greater storms and waters and you're more and more at peace in the middle of that going back to that water incident jesus is on the water walking. He's at complete peace there. He's not worried, is God going to come through for me? Am I going to sink? Peter is stepping out for the first time on his faith, right? He's not done this before. And so he steps out, and guess what? He begins to be very uncomfortable. He starts looking at the waves. He begins to sink. And what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't say, oh, how bad of you to have stepped out in faith? He's going, oh, man, that was so good. But why did you, why did you doubt you know, why did you doubt? And he's going, to oh, wait a minute. And I started thinking about my fears. I started thinking about the wind. And you see, he was teaching him how to walk in faith. When did he teach him how to walk in faith? At that moment, he's teaching him after he's already tried and he already stepped out. So I do believe one of the great things God's going to be restoring in this hour in the church is the faith walk. I mean, that stepping out, that hearing God recognizing the voice of God and say, you know what? That's where God is for me, and I'm just going to, I'm going to trust God. And you sort of know deep down on the inside that's the right way to go. I believe right now in the church world, God is pulling the church world to step out in faith, to some kind of new something, a new design, a new format, a new whatever. I don't know, but it's sort of like that thing where, are, do you want to go back to what's comfortable? Do you want to go back to where you've been? Do you want to go back to the old rhythm? Or are you willing to go through the steps of faith and transition to end up where God wants you to be. You see, I and where God wants us to be. That's what I believe is happening right now. And the other thing which I wanted to sort of settle in on this point today is God is going to be restoring what I call the spirituals or the spiritual things in his church in this hour. So you see, so we've talked about the word. We've gone to the practical things that are there. We go to faith things, which I believe there's a lot less of that in the church world uh than than there could have been um than there ought to be. And then and then we go to spirituals, which I feel like spirituals have been so put on the back burner and it's it looks like they've almost dried up. And you say, well what are the spirituals? The spirituals I would just call are the it's the supernatural expression of God. The supernatural things of God. God wants us to begin to experience the supernatural things of God. Now this is something that Again, some people are very uncomfortable with anything about faith. They don't want to be challenged to step out of their comfort zone. And a lot of people are very uncomfortable about spiritual things. Um, Some of them because um, they just don't want to go there. They're afraid of what they don't have, so to speak, that God's freely wanting to give anybody that will want to go there. But anyway, in in the Word of God, as we look uh, uh, at what it says about the spiritual things, the whole New Testament was about spiritual things. The whole new if you look at the book of Acts, which is like the history book. That's the history book, right? In the New Testament. And if you look at the history book, where in that history book do you see when there was a season that it wasn't very spiritual? You don't find that in the book of Acts. It's all over Acts. There were miracles always happening. There were the Holy Spirit was always falling. The gifts were always in operation. There were gifts of prophecy, there were words of knowledge. It was a supernatural type of situation. When you come to church, it wasn't very stiff. You know, you didn't have people sitting in pews like this and just, and leaving, going out the same way, right? It was very dynamic. Sometimes it was messy. Sometimes it was messy, and they had to bring some order to it. But, but you know what? That's okay. It's better to be messy and chaotic, so to speak, and in trying to experience something, then to be so concerned that you're, you don't you, you, you know you don't really, even want to try anything, <laughs> you know, sort of like God's like, come on, experiment with me. Come on and find me, uh, encounter me. I can remember when I first got saved, man, I'd, it was a challenge for me to even raise my hand. I saw people raising their hands in church and I would watch them and I'd go, man, they look like they're experiencing something. I mean, I just went to church and just sang hymns. Now, I love hymns, but that's all I'd ever known in church. And I'd watch people and go, man, look at that. I can tell they're really getting something out of this singing, And they're doing it like it's a real deal, like they're really connecting. And so, you know, I'd want to try. And I'm telling you, I can remember, I'd start going, oh, I want to try to do this. And at first I was so self-conscious. I'd go, oh, I feel so weird doing this. I mean, I'm serious. I'd feel so weird. I mean, that's such a simple thing, but I remember feeling so weird. You know, you just start out like this. You know, but after a while, when you get free, then you begin to realize God's actually in that. And you know, as you begin to raise your hands, you actually even feel God in that. When, you, when you're not self-conscious anymore, you can go, sometimes you lift your hands to the Lord and you go, I just you can just feel God go, wow. Just his presence just comes and you go, wow, God likes that. God likes that. Now when I worship. I just I, I do so many things, right? But what I'm trying to do is connect with what God is. It's like a dance, right? It's, I'm dancing with the Lord. I don't know how to ex- express it, but worship brings us into an experience with God, which I was going to be talking about that later if I get to it. But anyway, you look at all these kind of things, and this is what was happening in the New Testament. And God did not intend to start things out with a bang and then have it come to nothing Before He comes back. In fact, according to the scriptures, it looks like what's going to happen is there's going to be an increase in the things of God and an increase in the glory of God and the presence of God in the earth before he comes back. And I believe that's going to happen. I believe there's going to be an amazing last time's harvest. That'll be the greatest harvest that we've ever seen. And I believe we're getting ready to step into a harvest time greater than anything we've ever seen. And the spiritual things are going to be so amazing. And you know what they're going to do? They're not going to be glorifying man. I just say in this hour, man better stay away from the glory of God. You know, because ministers in in our insecurities, we can want to get credit and want to look so cool and want to feel like we're spiritual. And we have this and all, we have that going on. But you know what? When God moves and God begins to do things at a high level, that better get out of the way because at a certain level of intensity, um, the glory, you better you better not touch it. I'm telling you. That's like the story of Ananias and Sapphira. You remember when the glory was so strong in that early church and they're going, oh, look, so-and-so got attention because they gave a whole bunch of property Look, so-and-so gave, and these people are doing it sacrificially with the right motives. But Ananias and Sapphira are, you know, they're wanting to get attention and some glory. Like, oh, look at the, look at the, hey, now let's go, let's go do that too. And then they gave something and they lied about it. You right? And Peter goes, hey, why'd you lie to the Holy Spirit? Boom. He just fell. And Peter goes, you, you, you're gonna fall dead. Boom, he falls dead. Whoa, you you see what I'm saying? I'm just telling you when the glory of God falls in a certain dimension, I love it, but you better not touch God's glory. And ministers need to get out of any kind of insecurities they have where they need to be praised by people, looked up to by people, where people tell them how great they are. You know, uh, there's one thing about being encouraged, and I think every minister needs to be encouraged. Anyway, I'm just saying... We need to be careful about the glory of God because the glory of God's getting ready to come back into the earth. The glory of God. Somebody I heard somebody recently say something like this. The glory of God is a greater dimension than just the anointing of God. It's like the anointing of God on steroids. So it's not just the presence of God. It's like, whoa, this is just crazy. His presence, it's presence. It's in the preaching, it's in the ministry that's happening, it's when you get prayed for, the glory of God begins to function, the power of God's flowing, things are happening, lives are changing at a greater rate, um, miracles are happening at a greater rate. Now, you might go, why doesn't that just happen all the time? I really don't know. But I do know that we're in the middle of a warfare. And I do know that there's resistance. You've got Daniel who is praying for a miracle. God, come through, come through, show me, show me. And what does he end up doing? He's fasting and praying 21 days. And it says, from the beginning, I sent the blessing that you asked for. Don't think I wasn't in your prayer. You see, I think too many of us, we give up on day five or day 20. You know, when, when God's like, just persevere, just persevere. Remember, that's all in the word of God. Don't give up. Persevere. There's resistance toward your blessing. There's resistance toward your breakthrough. Don't think just because you have one day when you've got some kind of good motive and some kind of resolve that that's all you need. No, We have to every day just say, God, I'm going to hold on strong because I know your word is true. I know you're going to bless me. You're going to lead me. I'm going to go from glory to glory. I'm going to go from strength to strength. I'm going to go from faith to faith. You're going to bring me exactly where I need to be as long as I don't give up. And God will give you victory every day over your doubts, over your fears, over whatever has been plaguing you, over junk that happened to you when you were a little girl or a little boy. God will give you victory over that. God will give you victory over your memories that plague you. God will give you victory over things that you still have shame about. God will give you victory over all of these things. God's desire is to give you absolute and complete victory, and you've got to learn how to walk in it. And I just want to say, the more we experience the glory of God and the supernatural things of God, the more these things happen so much more easily. They're always available. But when it's like there's an open heaven, it seems like that warfare of resistance is broken and they just tend to happen so much more quickly. Let me tell you this. I believe that there's a turning happening in the earth. I believe that there's a turning happening in the church. I believe there's an increase of the power of God. There's an increase of the glory of God. Even now, I've sensed His power coming in a new dimension and we have just gotten started There's a lot more coming. It's going to be amazing what people begin to experience. But let me just say, you've got to flow with God. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. What He is putting in your heart, what He is leading you to do, and what He's telling you to do, do it. Get your life lined up with Him. But anyway, getting back to this spiritual thing, this is exactly what God's going to be doing in this hour. God's going to be restoring the spiritual things. You know, it's interesting in the church world, you know, um, there's some things that I begin I believe began to happen, you know, which where it was um, you know we we begin to do things like have what we call uh, a secret sensitive church. So, what happens with a secret sensitive church, right? That sounds really good and but what you end up there usually is some of the word And you end up with some of the practical things. But things pertaining to faith and things pertaining to the spiritual things, oh, we don't want to go there very much. We don't don't want to challenge anybody. And actually, if you're going to be seeker-sensitive, you can't say anything to anybody that's going to offend them because, well, they're just not ready for that. Let's bring them to the Lord and just let them know God loves them. That's all they need to know and have some nice things and be nice to them. And after a while, let God do all of that. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to work. I've heard people say, you just lead people to the Lord, and you let God deal with issues and sin that's in their life. And I said, well, that sounds really nice, but the, that's just not the way it happened in Scriptures. That's not the way anybody else did it. We help people out of that. We help people out of whatever situation they're in. We tell them truth. It helps them to come out. You don't tell them to condemn them. You tell them to help them to see, to make a decision to go, oh, I want to do that, right? Amen? Amen? So anyway, and then beyond that in the secret sensitive, beyond just that part, they definitely cut out the spiritual things. Oh, if you're going to have spiritual things like prophecy, let's have a professional prophesier come, right? Let's have somebody who really knows how to do that come and do it. But the Bible says you can all prophesy. That's in the Bible. I mean, it says we well, can all prophesy like one by one. That's in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, I believe. And it is, I mean, he's it talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says earnestly desire them. Why do you need to earnestly desire them? Well, because that's the key to walking in them. How are you going to earnestly desire them if your appetite's not whetted for it? You will, you will not if it's never talked about, if it's never preached. There'll be no desire. It'll keep going down, down, down. But as we begin to speak about the things of God, the desire to experience them, the desire to walk in them increases. And desire is key to experience in God. Desire is key to experiencing the things of God. You're not going to experience very much if you don't want to, if you don't have any desire for it. Well, today I want to talk about three things, if I, if I end up having the time for this. First thing that I believe God's restoring is presence. His presence in the church. His presence in our lives individually. Now, I want to just tell you, you can experience the presence, and you don't have to wonder, do am I experiencing the presence? You can know, I'm experiencing, this is God's presence. It's all over me. You can tell when it's a little bit. You can tell when it's heavier. You can tell when God comes upon you to get your attention. Every once in a while, somebody will say something to me like, you know, I never sense God's presence. And let me guarantee you, God wants you to sense his presence. So if that's you or if you've experienced it a little bit, I just want to tell you there's more for you. That's what I've been sharing lately. There's more from you for you than what you've had. There's more of an encounter. There's more of a presence. There's more of an experience. And I want to encourage you in that. Even in the Old Testament, they experienced the presence of God, and they were were amazed at it. Psalm 1611, in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand is our pleasures evermore. Think of that. So, what does he say? In your presence. That's very real. There was a very, I'm in God's presence. God's here or God's with me. It wasn't like a, oh, that's just a theory, a nice poetic thing to say. No, he experienced God's presence. And then it speaks about this. He says, there are pleasures evermore. There is a pleasure and a joy in experiencing God uh, that is different and beyond any other kind of fulfillment you can have. The more you have of it, the more you realize there's nothing in this world that compares to it. The more I experience the Lord, the more in my daily life, I just think about the things that I want or whatever. And then the perspective will hit me so strong. Like those things are like nothing. And it's like, Lord, I lay all that down just to have an experience with your presence. Lord, your presence is better than all that other stuff. I'd rather have that. And see, as that's in my mind, right? Because of the more you taste, the more you want it. Now, when I'm telling you this, you might go, well, I can't even understand that. The more you have, the more you want, the more you desire, and the more wonderful you realize it is. It might be a theory to you today. And philosophically, you might be able to understand it. But this needs to be in your heart. So what you need to do is you need to begin to take steps forward to begin to experience God. Because as you begin to experience Him, you begin to go, wow, I want I want even more. And your desires increase. As your desires increase, as you're going forward, then your experience increases. Then God begins to increase in your life more and more. You begin to experience Him in your prayers more, in your worship more. You begin to sense the presence of God in a very dynamic way. And you've got to know this is God's will for you. Now, maybe when I'm talking about some of this stuff, you might not even be registering with some of it, like, Oh, you mean, I can't quite figure out how it would be that pleasurable. Just take your first step. Just connect with that desire. If you're born again, there's something crying out on the inside of you for more of God. And I'm just telling you today, take that first step. Go beyond where you are and say, God, I want more of your presence. I want to experience you. Lord, show me yourself. Come and be here where I am. You need to pray that from the depths of your heart, from sincerity. Something that I've learned about God is when you're praying, you know, there's a, there's a place where we come to, or what should I call it? There's a certain mindset where a lot of us will pray to God like we're giving him a grocery list. Okay, um, God, I need you to do this, 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 and this, and, oh, Lord, this, 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 and then we move on, right? That's not a very effective prayer. You see, when you ask God for something, what you need to learn how to do is to pray right. And how do you pray right? God talks in the Old Testament. He says, some people, they draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, he's talking about people who have a sinful heart, but I believe in a similar way, people who are serving the Lord can sometimes go through the lip motions and not work to engage their hearts in the discussion. You ever be... Have you ever been with somebody in a discussion where you know they're sitting there but their heart's not connected? Yep. My wife goes, yep. S- well, sometimes we can be with God but we're not fully connected. That's not a very effective prayer. And I have to tell you, that prayer generally won't get answered very well. I mean, it's, I don't know how to how to describe that. I'm not saying there's no point to that prayer at all, but I'm just saying that the power of that prayer to get answers, I know by experience, is much less than others in a general way. So when you pray, you need to, you need to ask God from your heart. You need to want what you're asking for. You need to connect with your heart. And so when you're, when you're praying, you need to bring that petition to God. And I'm going to say this over and over probably today if I get far enough into my message. But as you, as you bring your petitions to God, connect with your heart. And then you can't be like, oh, God, please, oh, God. You know what? There's one thing about wanting it. But then the Bible says you have to ask in faith. So if you know God wants you to experience his presence, if you know he wants you to connect with him, why can't you have faith It's going to happen? It says when he, when he's, if he wants that to happen, ask. And believe me, you've got to ask. So if you want it to happen, he says, ask and believe and it shall be done. And then and another verse that says, when you pray, be, pray believing you receive. When you pray to God, believing you receive. Now, let me just say this. Some people have taught that is a mental thing. Like a, like, um, I believe I receive, I believe I receive, I believe I receive. <laughs> that's not what that's saying. It's connecting in your heart and actually trusting when you're praying that you're getting it. Now, when I pray that way, I know I'm connecting with God, and I know I am pulling on that, and I know I'm going to get what I'm asking for. It's amazing. You've got to quit praying just out of your head. You've got to connect with God with your heart. And don't just cry out of your heart. You've got to cry knowing He's going to answer that prayer. Man, when you learn to pray that way, you're going to be so confident that whatever you need in life, whatever you're asking for, you are going to get it. Ask. I mean, Jesus says it over and over. Ask. Ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. What? Now, that verse means, well, all we need to know is how to ask right. And the Bible tells us all about that, too. But anyway, ask for God's presence that way. And then Psalm 84, 10 is another verse. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. How can he say that? He's going, look, I'd rather have one day here than a thousand in um, Disney World and wherever else. You know, I'd rather have one day right here. I mean, all these other things are, are like nothing compared to this. God, one day. And then he's talking, he's not saying, I'd rather have one day in church. Now, if I'm not saying God can't be in church, but that wasn't the point. He was like, one day in your courts, where you are, God, where I can encounter you, and ha- God, one day of that is the greatest blessing. That's more valuable to me than thousands of days somewhere else. And I want to just tell you, that is so true today, too. This is in the Old Testament. Someone had an experience like this in the Old Testament testament how much more should we be experiencing the power of god you see what i'm saying how much more should we be experiencing the presence of god and the things that god's given to us man it's good psalm 24 7 one thing i've asked of the lord when he says one thing he's not going i never pray for anything else there's only one thing ever that's not what he's saying he's saying This thing I ask of the Lord is my overarching desire. It's what I want more than anything else. It's the one thing that all the other things come out of. It's what I'm believing for, praying for, pulling on God for. It's the thing that defines who I am. One thing I've asked of the Lord, this is what I really want. To dwell in the house of the Lord where God is. He's not talking about, I want to sit in church all my life to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His temple. He's like, man, there is one thing. I have a desire to know Him, to experience Him. It's not just some philosophical thing. It's not just to walk it out. I want to walk this thing out. I try to walk it out every day. I pray, God, give me grace to walk this thing out every day. I need your help to do it. But my great desire is I want to know Him. I want to walk with Him. I want to experience Him. Amen. Why do we get into the Word? Just for our minds? No. We want an encounter with God there, don't we? We want to find God speak to us through the Word of God. It needs to be real. And God loves to do that. It's all about experiencing God. Now, all these things are in the Old Testament. How much more should we be experiencing the presence of God in the New Testament? Is that not true? Didn't the Holy Spirit get poured out? Wasn't it more glorious than than what happened in the Old Testament? And there was another time when the temple got built. Do you remember that story? Those of you that know that story, guess what? It says the tangible glory, like the visible glory, filled the house so full they couldn't even stand up. They couldn't stand to minister. That's how intense the presence was. That is the Old Testament and Jesus is like going, I can't wait till this new thing's going to happen. When he was here, he was, going, he was saying, I can't wait till that Holy Spirit gets poured out. It's going to be amazing the effect that that has. It's going to be amazing the power that it has. And you see, I believe what's supposed to happen, the church is like a conduit of that. And we as the body of Christ, we have that presence that's with us when we come together in worship it's not supposed to just be a little line here and i'm not saying that shouldn't ever happen that just that way But i'm saying when we come together guess what The power of God ought to be there. Everybody ought to be lit up with God in the Holy Spirit. Everybody ought to be bubbling over. There ought to be a line of people like, hey, can I share something? I got this last week. Oh, I'm just blown away. You know what I'm saying? We ought to have to say, no, we have to stop now. We've already had too many testimonies today. No, we've already had too many revelations today. You know, the Bible says that in the New Testament, when you come together, Paul goes, one's got a revelation, another's got a prophecy, another's got a song. You see, it's like everybody's supposed to be bubbling up. Let me tell you, that was never supposed to dissipate. God is going to resurrect that again. There's going to be life in all of us again. The gifts of God in each one of us is going to begin to function. You need to begin to connect with that. God is on the move. He is saying, press in to me. I am there. I'll give you more if you want it. I'm making you hungry right now. If you press in, I will meet with you. I will speak with you. I will pour out my spirit afresh on you. Paul goes, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. How are we supposed to do that? Is it philosophical? No, we have to act on that word, and we have to go, God, I desire to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Every day, I don't think there's a day that goes by, but that I ask that many times, and I don't just ask it philosophically. I'm asking it with my heart going, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, touch my life with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I so desire your power. I so desire to to know who you are, but to experience you as well. There is nothing wrong with experiencing the supernatural things of God. In fact, in this church world that that pushes away from it, oh, you might experience something demonic. Well, you might go to church and experience some preaching that's demonic, but that doesn't mean preaching is bad. Are are y'all with me? You see, we've got to go where God is and not be afraid. God will lead us there if we stay connected with him. Stay connected with him. I just love that story where Elisha is one day, um, you know, he gets up. He's sleeping late, I guess. And his servant's like, oh, Elisha, man, there are the enemy is all around us. You know, and Elisha's getting up. He's going, oh, God. It doesn't say that Elisha saw what was going on out there, but Elisha knew it. And he's like, God, open up his eyes. Let him see. And then there's a servant. God opens up his eyes. And guess what? He sees armies of angels and fire all around them. Oh, my gracious. I never knew this was here. You see, you know, if we ask God, open up our eyes so that I can see what's going on. You know how many people get upset at that? And Elisha prayed that prayer. It'll have an impact on your life. Amen. Are y'all with me? God desires to show you things. God desires to reveal truth to you and, and reveal things to you. I just love that. God's got so much more. So the, the, I just will mention one other thing about the presence of God really quickly here. You know, um, one way you can experience the presence of God is by prayer. You just go pray. When you go pray, you, you, you do what I was saying earlier. It's got to be with your heart. You go before the Lord. Don't pray with your TV on. Don't pray with, you know, a whole bunch of people walking around you. I mean, you can do that if you know what you're doing and you, you, you understand about focus. But I'm just saying the best, you got to be somewhere where you can focus and where you're not going to be distracted. God doesn't like undistracted attention. Uh, so when you go and you're worshiping the Lord, just do it from your heart. Like I said, it's got to be real. And you've got to desire that presence and you need to begin to expect it. And then as you begin to do that a while, maybe you'll praise the Lord. By the way, you know that the word of God says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Is that real or just a poem or a poetic expression? Is that real? That means his presence is dynamic and experiential in true praise. So if you want to begin to experience God, you can praise him while you're praying. You can go worship. You can praise Him, dance and praise Him. I will tell you this, He's going to come. Just keep on doing it. And, uh, and the first way, as you're, you know, if you've not experienced this before, the first way you'll begin to notice it, you'll go, wow, the atmosphere just changed in this room. And then you begin to go, and then you go, wow, it, it just feels so good here. And then, but after you continue to do that, you'll be so aware. Oh, wow, this is the presence of the Lord. And then you'll begin to be aware of what He likes. Uh, in each individual prayer session you're with him. Sometimes when I'm praying, every time I go pray, like even right now, the Holy Pres- Presence is strong on me. I mean, I sense it so clearly. It's not like, oh, the Holy Spirit is here regularly, right? But more intense lately. And I can just tell you, like, when I go out to pray, He's always there. I don't know how long it's been like that. I just know He's always with me. It's just normal. And I think it's supposed to be normal for everyone. But what I'm saying is sometimes I might hit on something in prayer and it's like the Holy Spirit, will will the heaviness of it will increase on me. And I'll go, wow, God's really into that. So I'll just stay right there. I can sense his presence so strongly. Now you might go, that's a little unusual talking about this. Let me just tell you, it's as real as anything. It's just amazingly real. And it's always glorifying God. It's, an, it's a wonderful thing. It's how we are wired. You are not just a physical person. You're not just a mental person. You are a spiritual person, and you need to begin to recognize your spirit man and learn how to receive communication also from your spirit man, which is what I'm getting into now, right? So second thing I want to talk about God's restoring is you got to learn how to hear from God. God wants to speak to you, and you need to learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you. You know that even in the Word of God, it talks about Jesus hearing by the Holy Spirit. It says he's in this room, and these men were reasoning in their minds. But it says, but Jesus perceived in his spirit what they were reasoning in their minds. Isn't that interesting? Most of the time, the church wasted time, its time, reasoning in our minds. It says, he perceived in his spirit. Now, where is your spirit? Again, you got to sort of understand these things and think through them. The Bible says out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. It's not in, I wouldn't say your stomach. I'm just saying you sense the Holy Spirit's direction so many times in that belly area, right? Jesus perceived in his spirit. It wasn't in his foot. It wasn't in his hand. He was perceived in his spirit man what they were thinking. And I love that verse because God will teach you and show you things in your spirit. Let me ask you: Since you've been born again, have you learned to perceive things in your spirit? Have you learned to hear from God in your spirit? Have you begun to develop your spiritual ears? Because if you will, God will begin to speak to you. God's always around, but He wants you to learn how to hear from Him. And John, and excuse me, in Revelation four, verse one, this is the verse where um, God tells John. He says, come up here (laughs) into the heavenlies, which, by the way, the Bible says we have access into that, doesn't it? He says, come up here and I will show you some things. Man, I love that. Come up here. Come up here. I'll show you some things. You see, we are normally praying, God, come into my situation. God, do this. God, do that. God, help me with this. We're asking God to come down into our situation. And we need to do that. And we're supposed to do that. We have to do that. You know, that's a good thing. But there's something else too where God says, I want you now also to come up where I am. You asked me to go down where you are. And now I'm just saying, come up where I am. Seek me. And I'm going to show you some things. If you will seek me, I will show you some things. I will tell you some things. I will reveal some things to you that you need to know. I will reveal some things to you that your church body needs to know. I will reveal some things to you that other people need to know. So anyway, it's an amazing thing. Jeremiah 33.3, God says this to Jeremiah, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And that verse is for you. Call unto me, and I will answer and show you great and wonderful things which you don't know. Doesn't the Bible say... That when Jesus said, when they get the Holy Spirit, He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to reveal to you things you don't know. That is our promise. And I hope by what I'm saying today, and I believe fully God's in it, God's stirring up your desires to make you want to seek and to find that God show you something. Sometimes you don't even care what God shows you. You just want God to, you know, you want God is just, God's made us that way. God loves to share his treasures with us. And he loves for us to hear them. Don't think God doesn't want to show you things. Don't think, oh, God doesn't want to do that for me. He'll do that for somebody else. I believe hearing God is is a major benefit every single believer has. He said, my sheep will know my voice. And I believe you can grow in the knowledge of understanding his voice. Man, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I can, I'll can i just share a couple of little examples, but um, God's so diverse in how he speaks. And God's, God's amazing because he, he stretches us. And um, he'll speak to us in so many ways. And by the way, I just want to mention this. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be we're just going to be floating on clouds and it's a worship service the whole time. God's going to be involved in so many things we'll be doing. Maybe we'll go fishing. I don't know. And, but God will be there with us. It's going to be amazing. Maybe we'll, we'll have fun going to some kind of theme park. I don't know. But I just believe heaven's going to be fun. I believe there's going to be a lot of creative things there. And God's going to be in it in, in a very multidimensional way. And when it's time, when it's worship time, hey, it's time for worship, everybody. Man, we're all going to stop what we're doing and we're going to run. Yay. I can't wait. This is my favorite part of this, you know, heaven. I love our worship sessions. And we're going to be enjoying it and God's going to reveal himself and show himself to us. It's going to be amazing. I'm just saying God is so diverse. He doesn't even like to speak to us just in one way. Now, sometimes I'll get in a pattern. God will be speaking to me one way. And I think sometimes I become oblivious to the other ways. I just become dependent on that. God give me another dream. So I went through seasons where I began to have the most intense dreams. God would be telling me things about people where they needed some help. And I mean, just a specific, God would tell me about things that I needed to be careful about. And he warned me about situations. I mean, I've had so many intense dreams and other things, you know, other ways that God's spoken to me. And then it seems like recently I went through a season where I wasn't hearing God a whole lot that way. God was with me and I'm going, wow, this is really interesting. God, what are you doing? And then, and then, and then I began to realize God was speaking to me in subtle other ways, but it was even though subtle, it was real, right? So for example, I I can remember, and I've shared this before, um, one morning I woke up singing a song that I probably saw on television when I was like 12 years old, you know, and I'm and I'm going, man, what in the world? Where's that song? And they all, in fact, I only saw it at Christmas time. It was about, it was the abominable, it's the movie where the abominable snowman is, right? I think, I think it was in that movie. Anyway, but I remember there's a, there's a song, um, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Y'all remember that little program? Nobody's as old as I am. Wendy remembers it. She used to have seen the abominable snowman movie. Anyway, you put one foot in front. Of, I was singing that song. You put one foot in front of the other. And, I mean, that's a little child song. I never sang that even growing up. And I'm going, why is that song in my mind? And I'm going, God's speaking that to me. That's exactly what he wanted to tell me today. Put one foot in front of the other. Before long, you're going to be across the room. You're going to be exactly where you need to be. All you have to do is put one foot in front of the other. The other day, I was watching an inchworm, and I'm going, wow, he's going to end up getting there one inch at a time. He's going to end up on the other side of this concrete. I could have stepped on him, but I felt, don't do that. Don't just watch him. You know, can God use things like that? I think he can. I know he was using that song, and I had that happen a few other times. And then this past week, excuse me, this has been about a month or two ago, I was praying. I got down on the floor and this song kept going through my mind. This kept I mean, I'm going, I don't know why God's starting to do this, but this song, I didn't even like this song. I hardly even knew the song. It's a random song from probably 40 years ago. And I didn't even know the words, but this one tune kept going. And so I'm going, it was in my prayer time when this song kept coming. And then I'm going, oh, wait a minute. Maybe God's trying to talk to me, right? That's how it happens sometimes. So I'm going, wait a minute, maybe God's trying to talk to me. So then I I tried to remember the tune going through my mind. And now I've done this a few times when I can remember the tune. And even though I've never known the words, I can hear the words in my mind. And I go, wow, I never knew it said that. But somehow it was in my mind, right? Y'all ever had that happen? Yeah. Anyway, well, this day I'm going, I'm going to listen to this song. I'm hearing the tune in my head. And I couldn't get the words. All I got was two words that I could remember, the whole song. And I remember I was going, oh man, I guess, I, I guess there's no way to figure out what that is. And then I thought, well, let me, let me uh, go search those two words. That happened to be the name of the song. And the song popped up, and I listened to that part. It was like God wrote it to me. I'm going, that is amazing. It's a secular song, and I can't remember the exact words. It's not, even, it's not a song I would have ever even liked, but I was just blown away because I'm going, wow. That's what I needed to hear right then. I'm on the floor. This song keeps coming to my mind. I don't even know the song. I have to look it up. I look it up and I'm going, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. It's just amazing how God can do things. But I'm just saying sometimes we need to start seeking. Is God there? Is God speaking? We got, we've got to want to hear from God. A couple weeks back. I had a burden in my spirit. This is a different kind of situation. I had a burden in my spirit. And generally, when I get a burden in my spirit, man, which is in my belly area, I'm going, "Mm, I need to pray through this. And I started to think about doing that. And I'm going, no, I don't feel like I. maybe I don't need to pray about it. I need to sit through this and think through what are you saying? So I sat down with that burden inside of me Mm, like, "Mm, God, what are you saying? God now. I don't know why it was happening this way, but it did. And I'm just going, mm, God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying? I don't know how much time went by. I felt like I was wasting time, but I thought, no, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep searching. And then before long after that, boom, I knew it was about a person that I had a burden for. And I'm going, wow, I know that it's that person, but now I don't know what the burden is. So I went back and I'm going, okay, God, what is it? I had to go through the same process again. God, what, are you, what's, what is it going on with that person? What is it going on with that person? <laughs> you know, and I don't know how long it was, but boom, I got a word for that person. Now, why didn't God give me a dream? I don't know. Why didn't God just give me a word of knowledge where I knew it? I don't know. Why did God do it in that way? I don't know. But all I know is it was neat. It was neat to discover it that way. And then like about a week later, I'm making a decision for the household, something I'm having to do. And, and, uh, and I start to get that little sensing a little bit. And I, and I pull back and I pay attention to it. And it was like, I go, mm, I'm not supposed to do it that way. You see, I was going in the wrong direction. And, I'm, and then I was amazed was because I'm saying, wow, God led me to not do that that I was going to do just because I paid attention to this mm, something on the inside of me. And, of course, now I'm getting this new thing going, you know what? We need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We need to listen when he's grieved. We need to listen when he's trying to get our attention. We need to become spirit aware. It's a sad thing that such a high percentage of people in the body of Christ aren't even aware of communication by the Holy Spirit into their lives. That's the craziest thing. But that God, that's going to stop. That's going to stop. God's going to turn spiritual. let's call it spirituality. He's going to turn spirituality back on in the church Already there are those that are beginning to walk in it in a new level. If you want it, it's for you. You can have His presence in a greater dimension. You can have His presence when you're praying, when you're worshiping, when you're praising. You can also hear from God at a new dimension. You're going to be able to... God wants to tell you things. He wants to show you things. And He wants you to ask Him for things. He wants you... He loves to reveal Himself to you. He's never going to go, Oh, no, don't don't ask me for things like that. He told um, uh, Jeremiah, Ask... Me, to show you things, and I will show you things. Isn't that what he said? So we ought to not feel guilty about it. We ought to go, God, I want you to show me things, right? And I love what he does with Jeremiah. You see, this, what an interesting thing. He's going, Jeremiah, what do you see? So he's calling him to be a prophet. What do you see, Jeremiah? Oh, I see this and this and this. Oh, you see well. Good job. Because of You know, it's almost like it sounds like God's training him. And what the funny thing about it is, God's speaking to them, training them to be sensitive. It's like, why doesn't God just keep speaking to them like that all the time? Why does he have to give them visions and begin to teach them how to under? Well, like I said, God's very diverse and expansive, and sometimes God does things in different ways that has a different impact. And there's probably a lot of other reasons that I don't have time to get into. But anyway, let me pray for you. This is a great hour. This is a great season. Do not be discouraged. Get that old thing out of your brain. Let go of your mistakes. Let go of your failures. Let go of any anger, unforgiveness, bitterness. This is not the time for you to be holding on to those things. God wants to wash those out of your life. God wants you to go forward. Let go of anything holding you back. Let go of any attitudes, any kind of thing. Let it go and go forward. Be ready to step out. For some of you, it might be like you're stepping out in faith. Like what we were talking about earlier, where you have to step out of where you've been and it's uncomfortable. You're having to let go of something and it's uncomfortable. But deep down on the inside of you, you know that what's, that's what faith is saying. You know your mind is saying something else. You know your fear is saying something else. But deep down on the inside of you, you know faith is saying, take that step. Take that step. Take that step. Don't let your mind circumvent that step now don't do something stupid It not they ought to be contrary to the word of god but i'm just telling you as you're learning and growing you need to begin to connect with that word of faith that that word of the lord and understand the voice of god understand your spirit man and begin to become a spiritual person in addition to being able to just think through things amen oh well, father we want to thank you you've made us spiritual beings we we have a spirit and not only that We've been born again, and now we have the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, Father, we pray you teach us spiritual things, teach us not only how to um, have natural success, and teach us not just natural doctrines about, so to speak, salvation and truth about that. Father, we pray that we would learn how to go up there where you are. Father, we pray that you'd teach us how to uh, go to God and to hear from God and to receive from God And Lord, we pray that you teach us how to fellowship with God in the Holy Spirit, how to receive direction, not just in our minds, but also just like Jesus did, how he perceived in his spirit. Lord, make us spiritual, make us able to perceive things in our spirit. And Father, we pray that you would increase in our church services as we come together. Let there be more glory. Let there be more of your presence. Let the ministry of God begin to bubble up. Lord, I pray all during the week that people begin to have revelation, insight, um, prophetic words. God, and as we come together, God, it's just going to be, there's so much happening, we all don't even have time for it all. Lord, we pray, uh, God, that you'll do that, and Lord, that you'd be the center of attention, and that you'd be worshiped more than ever, and Lord Jesus, we just say, take control of your church. Lord, we know you rejoice. You just rejoice when your church is free in the Spirit, and where the Spirit is full and mighty and powerful, there is freedom and liberty, and it is amazing God, we thank you. Demons are going to be coming out of people, and we're all going to rejoice. Everyone's going to be going to new levels of freedom. Resistance is going to be broken, and there are going to be new avenues of blessing that we could have hardly even imagined could have ever happened. Lord, we thank you now for this. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.